All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuckaholics? What the fucking avians? Mark Marin, this is WTF. Welcome to the show. Tonight is the premiere of season three of Marin on IFC. I'd like you to watch it. I'd like you to DVR it if you have to and watch it a few days later. Don't wait too long to watch it. If you can possibly watch it tonight, that'd be nice. If you don't have IFC, you could get it. If you are a cord cutter and vigilant, I know you're going to be able to get them on iTunes. Uh, you know, eventually they'll be on Netflix. Someone told me about Sling. Uh, you know, there, there are places you can go to get this thing. Just do what you got to do. If you can watch it on IFC, that'd be great. And let me just tell you something. Can I tell you something? Did I mention my name's Mark Marin? Hi, how are you? Uh, this is my show. Who's on the show today? But while I talk about myself, why don't I just tell you, give you a heads up so I, so you can decide whether you want to hang in. Uh, I've got Greg Proops for a little while, and I've got you know Richard Lewis for a little while. How did that happen? Both of them have been on the show, and usually I don't do that. Well, here's what happened. Sometimes my friends, they they call me up, and they're like, can I, can I come uh, talk about my new thing? And they, I think Greg and uh, Richard both have books. And I said, of course. And I usually I do it like you've heard it before, 10 minutes up front and uh, maybe 12 minutes, 15, maybe talk a little bit about the thing. Well, both of these guys, we just got to talking and they turned out to be longer conversations. And I thought, why not put them both up together? It's nice to talk to Richard again. Uh, and also uh, Greg Proops is here and I, I never did a full solo episode with Greg. So it was good to get into it with him. He's, uh, he's one of the wizards. Uh, big thinker, that Proops. Very quick on his feet, Mr. Proops. But anyways, that's what's happening on the show today. Also, geez, so much going on. I'll be in Asheville, North Carolina tonight. There are two shows. There may still be tickets left for the second show at the Orange Peel. Then I'll be traveling over to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, There's still tickets available for that. Actually, uh, if you live there and you have friends and stuff, quite honestly, you need to step it up a little bit. Really, it was, uh, you know... Not the greatest sales of the two. Like, I don't want to rank it last, but maybe maybe just not a lot of love for Mark Marin and Charleston. Maybe I said something to piss South Carolina off. It's going to be a few hundred people there, but I'm just saying, you know, get with it. Is that rude? Is that, yeah, whatever. Atlanta, Georgia, Variety Playhouse, Saturday, this Saturday, May 16th, I believe is sold out, if not close to sold out. Sunday, May 17th at the Joy Theater in New Orleans. Uh, tickets available for that. And that, I don't, I don't want to, I'm coming to Cleveland, Chicago, Minneapolis, Port Chester, New York, Brooklyn, New York, Huntington, New York, Red Bank, New Jersey, Portland, Oregon, Boulder, Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Go to WTFpod.com slash calendar for all those dates. I just wanted to give you a little update on the weekend. But so what I'm saying is, Tonight, my show premieres, and I'm going to be on stage in North Carolina. If that's not commitment to the stand-up craft, I'll be checking in. I'll be DVRing it. I, I feel like a hypocrite. I'm not, I'm not going to watch my own show in real time because i got to do stand-up comedy. But damn it, what I want to tell you, and I want to tell you this honestly, I'm very happy with this season of my show. And, and look, I knew... Going into doing a TV show, I knew that the first year would be a little stiff. I need to get the hang of some stuff. I knew uh, I was ready to do what I was doing, and I was excited to do it, but I knew I had to learn some things. Second season was better. It was better in the writing. It was better in the how we came together uh, and wrote for the world. It was better. I was better as an actor. But this season... I really think that we nailed it. I think that the shows are hilarious. I think the guest stars are hilarious. The stories are great. Tonight's show features Elliot Gould as Elliot Gould. 
and uh, and his the 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 pitch of the show or the the story is I I need I really want to get a talk show on television, but I need an agent. So so Elliot refers me to his agent, who was played by Alex Rocco, who was Mo Green in The Godfather. The lovely Lucy Davis from the original British Office uh, plays my my British manager, based on my real British manager, kinda. But but I guess what I'm saying is. I'm very happy with the show. There's nothing that happens on the show that, you know, I didn't okay or didn't create or, or didn't or was not part of the creative process on. This is exactly the show I wanted to do and all my writers wanted to do. And uh, I guess uh, at, here at the onset of everything, um, I'd like to thank those guys and thank IFC and Fox Studios and Fox 21 and uh, Fox, uh, no, that's enough Foxes, Apostle, Jim Serpico, Tom over there at uh, Apostle and Avalon, I'm not accepting an award, but there's just so many people to thank. Uh, you know, there's wardrobe people, there's caterers, there's craft servicers, there's lighting guys. I mean, it's an amazing collaborative effort that brings a TV show into a full realization. And uh, I don't know. I'm just excited. Most importantly, my writing staff, uh, Dave Anthony, Jerry Stahl, Michael Jammon, Seaver Glarum, Sean Russell. We worked, we worked hard and, and they all did a great job. And I think you're really going to enjoy this series. Okay, Greg Proops, I've known since I was a child in a way. He was there when I moved to San Francisco in 1992. He was there for to see a chaotic, confused, boundaryless little stoner, Mark. And he contributed. He contributed. His new book, The Smartest Book in the World, is available now wherever you get books. Let's talk to Greggy. What have you been doing? Uh, I'm on the road. Uh, I've been. I finished the book, and now we're getting ready to go out and do a book tour and junk. And I'm still doing stand up and improv and the, bu- uh, the book's all. really fun, dude. Thank it's you, like, it, It's very specifically you. It, it actually functions as a reference book. Uh, I believe that if you if you uh, take the lessons from this book, you will be uh, at least the illusion of sophisticated and interesting. <laughs> That's all I present, Mark. The shallow illusion of sophisticated and interesting. My horizontal knowledge can only present a veneer of sophistication. Actual sophistication is up to you. And how's the podcast going? The podcast is going real well. Uh, we've been all, we go all over, and uh, this year uh, we're going to do London and Paris. I hope for the book tour, uh, but something might come up. But uh, last year we did um, I don't know Helsinki and Stockholm, Amsterdam, Paris. Uh, really? You you do a live podcast there? Oh yeah, in Helsinki. Yeah. It was great. We went to the the first annual Helsinki Comedy Festival or whatever it was. Who was it? Really? Yeah. Were you the only American there? Yep. Yep. How was it? Oh, uh, Glenn Wall, but he's Canadian. Yeah, so Glenn. It was Glenn, one other North American. Glenn lives in the world. We did it in a rock and roll club in Helsinki, and we went in, and the um, the sound guy's name was uh, fantastically Nico. Yeah. N-I-K-K-O, right? Yeah. Because that's the kind of names they have in Finland. And, right. And uh, there was a rock band up there hammering through, like, a Tom Petty song. <laughs> yeah. And they were all our age, right? Yeah, right. Uh, no, Like, they weren't kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they were hammering through it very poorly. Yeah. And I went over to them, and I'm like, hey, fellas, how's it going? And they fronted me. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, wouldn't talk. <laughs> uh, Jennifer was like, look at this fucking dressing room, right? Because it was just, you know. Like what? Like, uh, just a shithole? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, was rock a, club. it was a rock club yeah. in Finland. And classic so rock club. I did it there and it was great fun and of course I made I played the immigrant song because every Scandinavian country I go to then I'm getting ready to go to Stockholm and a guy sends me an email and he says when you get here don't play the immigrant song because we're not you know really Vikings so of course I played it immediately <laughs> and every time you play it in the Scandinavian countries they love it you know? what the Zeppelin song yeah <laughs> we come from the land yeah, of the yeah, ice yeah. and snow yeah yeah <laughs> 
And it's some one guy. No, no. Right, no, right. No, and he do. said, don't mention how good looking we are. Uh, we know we're good looking. And I read the thing. I read the email on the This article. was in where? Which city? And, and that was in uh, Stockholm. <laughs> and I go, um, yeah, you guys are good looking. Ever been to Italy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't get you high on yourself, Sweden. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's the opposite. That's like the other side of the good looking spectrum. Right. Like, uh, I, I knew a guy who went to Sweden. He's like, you go into like a gas station. You're like, there's a supermodel working right. here. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. And they're Is tall. It? Yeah. They're tall. They're really tall. And, not, and the Dutch are amazingly tall. I'm at the airport in Amsterdam. I go, excuse me, I want to go to the bathroom before we get in the cab. And the urinal was this high. <laughs> I felt like I was a child, you know, like. You felt like you had to wash your face. Right. This it was so like, weird. Oh my goodness. Splash, splash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what is this? It's uh, a face bidet. Yeah. They were so tall. Uh, and the, all the Scandinavians are really tall. I love that you're so, like, you do that international thing. I'm still sort of mildly nervous about travel. Oh, no. They love it. They love it. And, and there's always English speakers in every place. To be honest, Helsinki was good, but Stockholm was extraordinary because I did it in Norway and they were all right, but I think they were a little more Who's Line oriented. Like, they, they knew me from Who's Line. But in Sweden, and everyone seemed to really know about podcasts. Uh, we went into a coffee shop. Do you do any stand-up though? Do you do stand-up and a podcast? Do you just consider the podcast stand-up? Do you, you just riff anyways? You riff in the theme? I won't go anywhere that I don't do a podcast, but right. I did a stand-up in Helsinki as well. And uh, in, in Sweden, no. I just did the podcast. And in uh, Brussels, just the podcast. Um, but I, I, ha I will do stand-up in those countries. Right. Uh, they almost all speak English really well, but the Swedes speak it extraordinarily well. Well, yeah, I hear Finland is a very huge fans of, like, they're big Conan fans, so if you had any presence Ooh. on that show. Like, I've always wanted to go, but I haven't gone. I want to go to to the Scandinavian countries. It's a matter of making time and of course, can you afford it? You know, because these things don't pay for themselves. And right. The money they make is, you know, nominal or whatever. Uh -huh. uh, so I do it to have fun and everything. Uh, and eat fish? I eat fish. And eat fish. Oh my God, the seafood is to die. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it has the, to be. The fun, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, we were in, um, uh, Oslo and uh, we ordered shrimp and I'm like, oh, where are the shrimp from? And she's like, Greenland. We don't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> no more? Yeah, but it was like buckets of shrimp, you know. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and Sweden, the food was tremendous in Sweden. It's like a culinary explosion right. there. So we go into this coffee shop. There was a real old fashioned one that Jennifer found where everyone drinks coffee with sandwiches. Like yeah. that's a big thing to them. Gotta have the sandwich. So they drink coffee with food, which yeah. I, I rarely do unless right. it's breakfast. Yeah. And uh, the the waiter or the, the, the guy who ran the place with his mother, his mother didn't speak a word of English and he goes Greg Proops and I'm like hey dude and he goes you've been on Joe Rogan's show he what? goes I love Joe Rogan <laughs> so I texted Rogan and I'm like I'm in Stockholm and they love you and of course he went he went over and did it he went he over did? And did, yeah he went over and did a concert in, in Stockholm and sold it out and everything oh it's we it's interesting where you know who yeah, resonates and right? why and what, what how it happens Jennifer's like Joe Rogan out yeah. of nowhere and he goes I love wrestling I love the what is it he loves oh, the the, uh, the, yeah. oh, the fighting yeah the, yeah, the fighting, uh, yeah, yeah ultimate fighting UFC is that what it's called right. I, I'm, I'm not uh, no me neither but uh, yeah, people love Rogan. He's got a big, uh, big reach. I guess we all do. I'd like to go and see what's out there for me. You should, Betty, and I, I guarantee you, if you well, you've been to London before. I, I have for two weeks, just once, just once. Yeah, right. for two weeks, and it was okay. I think it would be better now. Yeah, of course it would. Uh, like the, when I went, I was on the set of another show. Right. Like, you know, right. I did a two week run on the set of uh, I can't remember. It wasn't it wasn't late. It wasn't a late. It was well, were you in front of an office set or something. Or? No, it was like a dirty loft set. It yeah, was sure. like a. It, but it was uh, it, uh, La Boheme. It was a, an interpretation, right. a modern interpretation of La Boheme, I think. Does right. that make sense? Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah. So uh, so that was, it was good. I, I need to go back. People want me to go back. I'll yeah, go back. So when you wrote the book, this is, it's named for your podcast, which is smart. 
Thank so you. So it's almost a companion. All branding. It's a companion book. <clears throat> it is, yes. It's a companion. But w- what were you, like, you just thought, like, everything proofs. You know, what is the context of my mind? Mm. And what is important to me? And then you put that in there. That was it. That was it. The Pretty break. much, yeah. They, I mean, I went in for a pitch meeting a couple of years ago. That's how long it takes, as oh, yeah, you know. I know. The, 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 yeah. the goalposts keep getting moved. Yeah. And I, I, I pitched this and this and that. And then, of course, it all changed. You know, then you end up writing it. And uh, as things go on, uh, my editor would give me an idea for something or Jennifer would give me an idea for something. Who's your guy? Uh, Matthew Benjamin. Uh-huh. Simon & Schuster. Yeah, I met that guy. Yeah. And he's really, he's a cute. And, uh, you know, I one I just met with him. He's, yeah, he's a good guy. Right, he's, yeah. really, he's really smart. Yeah. And, and he follows all this man like the reason i even got the book was because he's a fan of the podcast yeah so he got me into the meeting and i got in there and uh, uh i said oh I, it'll be about this and it'll have this and feminism this that and uh baseball blah 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 and then of course you end up writing it and i uh a, a couple of the best things in it that i think are the funniest things weren't my idea uh and and that's like what that's i think where the magic of an editor of, goes of everything yeah, yeah like uh oh well uh, one was um I talk about art theft on my podcast from time to time. Like, you should, you know, I'd mm-hmm. like to steal this piece of art. And then, of course, you always have to give a caveat because you know how people are. Yeah. Like, don't really steal art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Matthew said to me, why Please, don't you, Greg. Right. <laughs> why don't you do a, a chapter called 10 Pieces of Art I Wish I Had the Balls to Steal? Uh-huh. So I did, and that's one of my favorite chapters. And then I was working in Montreal uh, last year at the festival where I saw you. And uh, I was working over at a place called the... Um, uh, are you about to tell me you stole a piece of art? No, it would not have say, been great. Like, the the best part would have been if I'd said, yes, I went to the Marmaton Museum and I took a, I have a very small Degas on me right now. <laughs> it's I, in my bag. Yeah, I have a Brock <laughs> uh, of an etching, yeah. Uh, and the cat, Jeremy, who uh, runs the club I played at in Montreal, uh, said, I told him about the book. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, this one chapter I'm doing is about art I'd like to steal. And he goes, what about the paintings of George W. Bush? And so I put it in. The paintings of George, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've seen I, some I, of those paintings. Here. Right, and uh, I said, I forget what I say in the book, something like, he's challenging Art Brute because Art Brute is usually done by what they call outsiders meeting the mentally defective or whatever. And, <laughs> and it's a scheme on how we steal uh, yeah. his paintings. And it, you go to Dick Cheney's house dressed as a color guard and then... <laughs> We run in and grab it off the refrigerator. I'm sure if you like, you know, you were pleasant and you showed up at his house, he'd give you one. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure. Could I have the one of Putin? Yeah. <laughs> the one who looked into his eyes yeah. and you could trust him? You know, you'd have to do sit on the couch and talk baseball with him oh, for yeah. an hour. Oh, you could yeah. walk with a painting easy. Hell, that guy's nice. I'm going to yeah. give him a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's one I did to Margaret Thatcher. I never met her. <laughs> yeah. I think I did. Uh, you got the 10, uh, the ten uh, smartest drugs in the world. Oh, yeah. It, there's all those lists. Uh, and all the baseball teams were not something I thought of. Uh, as you know, mistakes are... Uh, what Leonard Cohen said, you know, uh, cracks are where the light shines through. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I make a mistake, I try to amplify it because I find like, you know, the stuff you think of isn't as funny as the stuff that just happens. Yeah. And then you jump on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't make up baseball teams, but people started getting up at the show and going, who's your 10 greatest, uh, or who's the um, all-time baseball team of Kings and Queens of England? Who's the all-time baseball team of Roman Empire? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I would just do them off the top of my head. So they all ended up in the book. Right. I, I kept the lists from the show because I'd write them down. And you were just riffing them? Yeah. And like uh, my friend Nick Jones in England, who uh, I've worked with, him, we made a I know that guy. You know, Nick. We made a, made, didn't I meet him? Was he we, here we ever? Done, no. We, right. we, done. We, made a, we made a documentary on Bob Hope last year, and, and, and I've done a lot of work with him. But he, he was at a show, and, and a guy got up and went, Here's your old time kings and queens of England. I'm doing Mick Jagger now. Yeah. Uh, baseball team. And so I did it. And then after the show, he came up and he went, Oh, I was kind of worried about you for that one. I go, I know, I know enough kings and queens of England to. So <laughs> and I, you did? Yeah, it was Ethel, you know, Ethel read The Unready and yeah. uh, uh, Edward the Confederate. 
professor and you know but where do you get this like how do you maintain this encyclopedic knowledge did you like like and it's weird though because you're a real baseball fan right oh yeah deeply. and it, it, that's the one that's the the left field for greg proops is like you know you don't you don't seem like a sports guy but you are no i love baseball because you grew up with it yeah mostly mostly baseball i like track and field as well uh football i could eh, I, I go back and but forth. did you go to college yeah but i never graduated I don't is think it, you need to graduate. Did no, you graduate? I did, but it took did a long graduate? time. But it didn't matter. You're right. You don't need to do anything. But like you're, you're uh, like the idea that you could just name off to, you know, what twelve kings and queens of England. <laughs> like well, I imagine if I sat and thought about it, maybe I could. Yeah, you would. But but I I don't. What what compels you to it, know that? It's the putting them in the in the positions in the field and then giving a justification for why they're playing the position they're playing. That's the tough part. About the eighth or ninth one, I was like, okay. You but know. what's your what's your specific interest? Why do you know that? I don't know. I just have. A, <laughs> I know. A, I know a little about a lot of things. Right. I don't know a lot about a little things. Uh, I don't have in depth knowledge of anything. My knowledge of science and uh, 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 science uh, tricky and biology and, tricky. and physics and things like yeah, that. Numbers. Absolutely. The completely useless and yeah every once in a while i get caught out because someone will ask me a science question i'm like oh so no, nothing to do with planets oh no no no, no. Planet. Or math i no can't math. do math yeah me uh, neither geometry algebra i i gave that up at like four so the stuff you can kind of bullshit your way through precisely <laughs> which is what the book is it should have been called the stuff i can kind of bullshit my way through would have been a more honest appraisal i think it's called a clamorous compendium or something i gave it some i gave it some alliterative nonsense uh, to make it sound uh you know no but it's great it's great because like you know you it, like i like books where you can just sort of uh it, it, even in the in a good memoir if you can be passionate about something i mean there's a lot of stuff in here is shit you like yeah it's just stuff like well that's good right and there's always gonna be some idiots who are like but what about and like i don't know that guy it's not right. my responsibility to know all of them this is the one i like right just shut the fuck up that's exactly right and oh. I, I was required to write an afterward to fill some pages because the pagination didn't fill out you know how these book things right. work like yeah you finish the thing you're like oh thank fuck i finished it and then i get a call Oh, we need like five more pages. So can you write an afterword? And like, so I wrote in the next book, it will be more stuff that you like <laughs> instead of the shit that I like. You know, like, oh man, you got vinyl. I'm, I'm gonna. I made an album in San Francisco over New Year's week, and uh, uh, that one's gonna come out on vinyl probably in the summer, uh -huh. but also on download and everything else. Yeah, so yeah, you sure. got to do it the way. But I wanted to do some vinyl ones as well. And uh, we're in the process of like trying to design the cover and jazz like that. And I did a long bit on the Giants and the new album um, because the Giants have won three World Series. But I, mostly it's an impression of Bruce Bochy, the manager, yeah. which I hope works for everyone. And so it's not too baseball intensive because <laughs> Bruce Bochy talks like, well, you remember that bear cartoon? Bear talks like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's what Bruce Bochy talks like. And so right. it just turned into a surreal, you know, <laughs> Well, Angel Pagan's out in center field. You want to give him a chance? Going on. It turns out Gregor Blanco had buried a goat out in the bullpen a couple of years ago. We really couldn't believe how tender it was. And Hunter Pence made a kill shake the other day that put us back on our heels. And, you know, it's it's nonsense. It's just nonsense. So that's what the album it was is. killing. It, it, it was San Francisco. You know, like uh, all you have to do is go Giants when you walk on, and the place goes crazy. And then I haven't been like I, I was up there. Like, do you miss it? No, because I'm up four or five times a year. I've already been up like three times this year. But so. do you miss living there? I do, but I don't think I could afford it anymore. Really? Well, I mean, it, it, I okay, know, yeah. say we sold our cribs in LA yeah. and you wanted to go up and buy a place in San yeah. Francisco. Where are you going to live? Yeah. You're not going to live in, in San Francisco no. unless you live in Visitation Valley or Hunter's Point. And even then, those places have gotten cheechy. So it's crazy. Well, I don't want to live in uh, Cupertino or Hercules or whatever. <laughs> I know you probably couldn't live in Cupertino because there's so much IT going on there. Yeah. The prices have gone through the roof. I do, I do miss that part uh, because I love how not showbiz 
San well, yeah, there, there was some, there was something great about waking up in San Francisco. Yeah, like you know, I like waking up here, but there was a a weird kind of fog and crispness yeah. and crispness to it. Yeah, and you just wake up. But that was back in the day where I'm like, I had nothing to do. Right, like you know, I wake up and be like, I guess I'll walk over to uh, Valencia yeah. and go to Muddy Waters. Get a pint of coffee. Right. Oh, no, I'm going to go to the horseshoe today. Right. Or yeah. I'll go get a burrito for three hours. Sure. Or go bullshit with my friends for the rest yeah. of the day. I'm going to sit in that coffee shop till someone I know walks right, in. Right, right. And then we'll go have a day together. And then see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, those were the days. When, uh, right, when you didn't have stuff to do all day. You do, And you, like, you'd do the Bennett show and you'd be fucked up for hours. Uh, right, right. The whole day was fucked. Yeah. Oh, do you ever talk to him? Uh, I emailed him and I, I, I follow him on Facebook and stuff. He's doing good. I did a show with him, I think, last year. He was doing some... He's not on a serious radio show anymore. He's and not? He, no, he was doing a podcast of his own, so I did it with him. Really? I, mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I always liked Alex and uh, he did so much for us when we were in San Francisco. I came he in a little so. late. You know, yeah. like, you know, I, I remember the first time I met you too. Like, but I, I, I came in a little late to Alex. By the time I got to Alex Bennett, it was pretty much, you know, he'd interview guests and then complain about ailments. I was going to say, then he'd talk about his health for yeah, yeah. half a fucking hour. <laughs> like, he, he you know, he I can't there. sleep anymore because <laughs> I've got a creeping yick inside my lower colonic. Yeah, and, and then he'd ask you, like, do you ever... Get the sweaty, right. like your, the no, back of your neck. I'm not 60. <laughs> not yet. You know, you'd sit there and watch him interview a celebrity that you'd get through. And then you'd have to just sort of sit there with three other comics listening to him complain about his yeah. colon. Or, yeah. or watch him eat a bagel for half an hour. Ugh. Or drink a Diet Coke. The, I was thinking about the other day, though. All the celebrities I met on his show. Uh, uh, Agnista Holland, the director. Dennis Farina. Eric Stoltz. Uh, I think of all these movie stars and directors that they would just casually come by. Well, that was you know it was that that was sort of the end of when I got there, the end of uh, the the morning radio right. thing. But uh, yeah, I met I can't remember who I met, but I remember I got into a little bit of trouble. I was always sort of a dick then. <laughs> First time I met you was in New York though. At the Westway Diner, around the corner from the original Improv. Right. I was with some other comics, and I was an, a dick to you. I was like, yeah, doing the Tom Kenny thing, horn glasses <laughs> and the hair. I've seen that before. You're doing Tom Kenny's look, aren't you? I was like that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Why, why is this? And you're just, I was a dick then too, though. I When I think about how I acted in my 30s and even really? into my 40s, I was a little too, I remember getting, uh, I was in like um, Edinburgh yeah. and Provenza was there, who I'm, of course we're buddies with and I've known sure. Provenza for 100 years. And uh, what was that show you used to do, comics only or four comics? It's, or? it's just so weird with Provenza. You could be doing like a, a one-nighter, you know, outside of Reno. Yeah. And it's Provenza's like, hey, we're doing a thing around the corner. Yeah, right. Stop. There like, we are. We, yeah. yeah. In, in, internationally, you could be right. in Helsinki. Like, what's Provenza doing here? Right. No, he's always everywhere. <laughs> I know. And uh, this was, you know, 20 some odd years ago. And uh, they go, him and, and his producer or whatever go, oh, we wanted to get you on the show. On yeah. the comics only, which was on like, the Hot Channel? Yeah, right. Or maybe the Comedy Central sure. when it first started? What was it? It was Comedy Channel. Comedy I, Channel. Maybe it was called then. Right. And I, and, and I went, uh, no, you didn't. You didn't try to get me because I'm easily fucking available. You can call my fucking number anytime you like. I'm sitting by the goddamn phone. I don't remember getting a call from you, so why are you bullshitting me now? And I fucking... And they both like, what the fuck? Their eyes got all big. And I thought, I'd never do that now. Yeah. Now I would be the nice person to go, that's terrific. Thank you. Yeah. Instead, yeah. instead I contested just it. Just slighted. Oh, just no, slighted. no, right. No. I've been waiting. How dare you tell me you tried to get me on the Liar! show? Liar! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I... There's no point in it. You know, like, I believe I'm all for honesty, yeah. but there's a line between honesty and dickitude. Sure. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, honesty used as a weapon 
there was a, out there was of your a own comic, fear. Uh, he's a very good comic, and he still plays. And I played with him in Oregon years ago, when I was playing with him in San Francisco. And he goes, uh, uh, do you remember we played together in uh, Portland? And I go, yeah. And he goes, do you remember what you said to me? Oh. And I went, no, what did I say? <laughs> and he went, you said, you're a fucking hack, and I don't know what the fuck you're doing up there, but you need to change your shit around. And I went, oh my God, did I really say that too? And he went, you were right. And I did change my shit around. Oh. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because I thought the next one was going to be in here's your, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just karate he, chopped me. He was probably middling for you. Yeah, he was middling. And, and he was putting it up your ass. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck it. Like by the third day, you're like, you know what? Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Enough of your Ricky Lake routine or whatever it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that right, I, right. I laid into him for Whatever something. he was killing, right. the, whatever he was closing with and making it hard for you for right. the first 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laid into him for it. And I thought, I'd never do that again. And I, you know, you work with some middle acts. I'm sure you do too, uh, occasionally. That, uh, you know, they could use a little more focus, or and maybe they talk about masturbating for like, dude, I've worked minutes. With, years ago, know? I worked with a, a Latino middle act who closed with like a, and uh, let's uh, thank you know, God bless the firefighters. Oh like, like no, when, like it was no, <laughs> it was a 9/11 piece, right, 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 and like they're standing ovation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? People are crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh and my now, god, Mark the dissident Jew. Exactly. He will disagree with everything you hold dear. You'll be burning the flag with a menorah. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, God. I hate. Uh, the only two things I object to because people go do you care who opens for you and I'm always like no unless racism and misogyny I remember a guy opening for me at Irvine and he did 20 minutes on how much he hated Iranians and I was like this is horrible I mean then you get on the crowds of lynch mob well the weird thing about like this whole there's this weird kind of uh this idea that you know political correctness or that there's some sort of wave of censorship yeah right but the weird thing is like no there isn't you can say whatever you want then you just have to accept the people that you're going to surround yourself with yeah you can go say that to those people and you can all be like why can't we say Uh, this you can but not you know to the other people who are decent moral people they're going to be like we don't really like those people no that's all no, there's no. I love that people go that. Oh, you know the PC police. They prescribe what you can Wait, say. It's like, where? No, they don't. <laughs> um, it's simple common decency. If you want to say something insulting about a race, that's on you. Right. That's and, on and, you. And you, you know, you take responsibility for it, yeah. and, or find people that enjoy that kind of thing. Right. And, and we'll know where you are. Yeah, and they often do. Yeah. yeah please identify yourselves. So, and, so and so please can... don't come to my show. <laughs> yeah. Please do not come to my show. Because you're the you. I I did one in Chicago, and I ha- you know I'm sure you let people email you. And yeah. I, I did one in Chicago. It was on. Uh, Fit, uh, last year, yeah. 50th anniversary of the uh, Martin Luther King's job uh, March for Jobs and Freedom. So I played a little of his speech and I talked about Martin Luther King. It was I thought the show went pretty well. There was a couple hundred people. The podcast, there. yeah, the podcast. Yeah. And a guy wrote me afterward and he wrote, "I didn't like your show. I went to it and all you talked about was politics and I didn't agree with what you said. And I want my money back." And I wrote him back and I said, "Your hostile tone is not conducive to discourse." Mm-hmm. And I said, "And secondly, you don't get to ask for your money back after the show. If you have an issue, that's a five minute." You know, warning. Yeah, yeah. If within the first five minutes, if you're not digging it, walk right out to the box office and that's demand when you, your money uh-huh. back. Because this commie bastard. Right. Yeah. You don't sit through two hours with the crowd cheering and then go, you know what? <laughs> I took exception to it. And I thought, wait a minute. That was the show I talked about Martin Luther King. So you were angry that we talked about I have a dream? And it was like, yes, he was. Did you go back and forth with him? Uh, no, 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 no. He because, didn't write me back after that. But like, where's the entitlement to that? It's like, that's what I mean. Like, I, like <laughs> what do you, you, you disagree with somebody. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah, yeah. I want my money back for what you put in my head. I disagree with almost everything everyone says. Yeah. So I don't, I can't spend the day fuming about that's it. It's fucking bizarre, dude. I know. But, Where are you, uh, where's the next big trip? I'm going to be all around the country in May. 
uh, Seattle, Portland, uh, Philly, Chicago, Exciting. LA, San Francisco, da, da, da. Well, awesome, man. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, brother. And thank you for reading the book. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to see you. Thank you. So, Greg Proops. I know Greg from San Francisco. Now, when I moved to San Francisco, I was sort of at the end of one of many of the ropes that I'd gotten. Like, I would swing from rope to rope and then eventually work myself to the end of those ropes and have to get a weird momentum going where, you know, it was either fall into the pit or get to that uh, the next rope and climb up. And uh, one of the ends of those ropes was San Francisco back in the early 90s when I moved there. And I met uh, Proops and a bunch of other people. And I, I have very little recollection of what I really did there. You know, I, I know I was doing comedy and I was wandering around. I was smoking weed. Uh, it was before I got sober. I tried to get sober, then I was not. So smoking a lot of weed, wandering around, drinking pint-sized cups of coffee with brown sugar in them at the horseshoe, hanging out at the Naked Eye video store with the hyperactive Steve, walking around the lower hate, walking around the mission, eating burritos, talking, thinking, writing things down, stealing my roommate's Valiums after doing too much coke uh, one day and then causing trouble there. I was living there with the, with the woman that became my first wife. And we were living with another couple. He had a gun in the house, which was a problem for, for the woman I was living with. I, I don't know that I thought about it that much. I got, uh, I played his guitar once with, uh, with uh, stinky you know, food on my hands, and that caused trouble. I was not cut out for roommates. Oh, boy. San Francisco. Anyways, didn't have a pot to piss in. Wander around high, wandering around high trying to figure out how to get some traction in the comedy game. And then last Sunday night, for those of you who were there, Mother's Day, Mother's Day night, I played Symphony Hall, Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco for 1,900 people and change. I I don't, there was over 1,900 people there in a room that was designed to accommodate symphonies. I stood alone on that stage and looked out and man, what a fucking trip that was. I'd never played a room that acoustically perfect and that big with that many balconies. I don't know that I was nervous, but there were moments where I felt very alone up there and I was talking to the people. And it, it, it's amazing to be in a hall that's acoustically perfect where you can just talk and people can hear you. I got off the mic a couple of times on purpose just to you know, play with the acoustics of the room. There's a very up and down set. There was moments where I thought it was amazing and I was connecting and everyone was laughing. Then there were moments where people were just listening. Then there were moments where I thought I wasn't connecting. And so usually if I go in and out like that or I feel like I'm not connecting, I'll do a longer show. So in the middle of the set, it's somewhere two thirds of the way through. I just broke into a and a We got some riffing going. Then I closed the show. It was, it was spectacular. And I appreciate the standing ovation. I appreciate everyone who came back. It was the highlight of my life. Uh, one of them, from walking around that city, you know, with nowhere to go, not knowing what the hell I was going to do with my life, to returning there at Symphony Hall was, uh, I appreciate it. I, I can tell you that. It is not lost on me, and I am grateful for it. All right, so Richard Lewis came by. Uh, his book, Reflections from Hell, Richard Lewis's Guide on How Not to Live, is available now in the same places you can get Greggy's book, at bookstores or online where you get books, okay? And, that, you know, I love Richard Lewis. He was a hero of mine and remains a hero of mine, uh, one of the great stand-up comedians. Let's talk to Richard Lewis. 
but you know, I'm nervous because, like, uh, you know, now how do I how do I make that you know me, you know that that impulse to try to get larger, which I don't want to do. What, what do you mean larger? In what way? Well, I mean, I like it to be intimate. I like to have the freedom of mind. And sometimes when you're a theater, you, oh. you know, you got to figure out that pacing. Well, it's, it's, it's not the garden. No, it's like it's like 800, 900 Those people. are great. You can, that's, it's I, my first time doing it. First time. Get out of here. No. First time like doing a tour that's oh, mostly it's, like that. Oh. Usually it's, it's clubs. It'll blow you away. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I, I mean, as far you're well. What? Wait, so I, what? I what? thought you would be ready for Carnegie Hall. I'm huh? ready. I'm ready, but this is what I do. This is my preparation. Are you going to tell me that before are you got to- Are you taping this shit? Yeah. Are you telling me that before you do no. 800, 900 seats, you're like, this is great. I can't wait to get out there. I, what are you asking me again? I, the, the limo driver got me so fucked up. <laughs> know what he kept saying? It was what? like a, a sitcom. Ugh. He kept saying, you know why I can't find it? I go, why is that, Talbot? Talbot, by the way, was the Wolfman's fucking name. Is that his name, Talbot? Talbot. Okay. He says, because I'm a professional. Yeah. I got into the car- 45 minutes early yeah and he was way he and he was driving while holding the map quest in a car that was 25 years old i'm sitting on gum the spinners spit out <laughs> and he kept saying i'm a professional i go and then and he, when he picked me up he says mr lewis i'm a big fan said, but i'll you know I, you want to hear music and i and i said you know i'm in a series now and i'm going over a scene for tomorrow and he goes oh, i won't bother you hey listen i just one thing I picked up this comedian. You might, you know, people our age would know him. Jack Carter he used to be on the outside. Yeah, I know who he is. And that was then nonstop all the way to finding your house, an hour and 40 minutes of his stories. I just heard your whole fucking life story while you're driving like a mental patient holding MapQuest and talking about your neighborhood, which I like. It's a hip neighborhood, even though all the cafes are closed. And have- Where? Here? I looked around down the two streets. Every cafe had names like the old, like Ba and Koo yeah, and yeah, Lee yeah, and yeah, Boom and yeah. Bang. One. One Ba. I see fences. No, Ba was, look, that he's was open. Ba, he's Ba's open. <laughs> but B and Come and Shay and Share is closed. I know. They don't open until later. They do? No, there was fences around it and condemned. Oh, geez. Do you I eat did. a condemned property? Well, no, that's hip now. That's that's not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Let's get back to your question. <laughs> Your no, question. I'm just a little. I, I get you, a little nutty. I get nervous. I get. It's not even nervous about performing. I know I'm going to be fine. But it's sort of my my issue is is that like, do they know what they're getting into? Yeah, they, you have diehard fans who can't wait to hear you riff through new and old. Or and I, my hunch is when you do old, you take it to you keep riffing right. on. That's it right. Too. Well, that's that our happened favorite, last night. Our favorite comedians do that. You know, we feel like Lenny used to do that a lot. He's when he went back to familiar stuff. He would get open it up again. bored, and he would open it up. Yeah, if, they, if they're going with it, you get right off what you normally would have done. I'm yeah. telling you, you're a master at this shit. But I mean, you know. I, I stay away from a lot of times. I'll, I'll stay away from old stuff. Yeah. Some kid asked me last night when I was getting off. He said, "Do that thing from '95, yeah. like a big piece." And I was like, "All right, fuck it. I'll try to get back in it." And that's what happened. I just opened it up. Yeah, because you have all the all the experience after that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. It's a whole other. It's actually not a bad idea. I mean, to re-explore. A, yeah, because you have a new perception, or a new adding all your twenty years, or whatever, on a pit that struck you funny when you were right. in your twenties, yeah, thirties, whatever what, the fuck. How you doing? I'm, Seriously. Well, I'm doing. This has been a good time for me, man. Yeah. I mean, my marriage is cool. I'm sober twenty years. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. And. Um, 
Uh, I'm just trying to shake the fucking driver. Cause all right, all right. All right, I'll shake you, it. You, you, you got to get ready to get I'm, back I'm, in I the gotta car. I got to move over. You got to... <laughs> yeah, don't even say that to me. I said, because it's 900, the map course is 40 pages. Look like the Bible. He's looking at papers? Papers while he's driving. But what is he? Doesn't he have a and phone? The, and the street names here, Hiawatha. All right, all right. All right. Hatchet Avenue. All right, I'm not going to use them anymore. I mean, it's no, no. No, I, I He's hilarious. He, he said he came out of retirement for me. He said, what is this? Old Timers Day at Med Shea, it's Med Shea Stadium? Or Shea <laughs> what was, Stadium? The, what was the Jack Shea. Carter story? <laughs> huh? Well, oh, it was great. Because <laughs> for you who don't good. know, Jack Carter was a great comic in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And, yeah. And he, but he's always known to be sort of bitter. A, a monster. But a killer on stage. Yeah. So he had to pick up Jack Carter to take him to a charity. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was of the age to know Carter. He was a kid watching yeah. him. Whatever, however old this Talbot guy was. Yeah. So he says uh, he gets there 15 minutes early. Yeah. And, and and Carter was in doing his front lawn. Yeah. Fertilizer and yeah. shit. Yeah. And Carter sees him. It's usually good when they come early. Yeah. Better than being late. Right. And he says, you're early. <laughs> Screamed at him. Yeah. And, he, and then he ran off. <laughs> he got scared. <laughs> uh, that's scary a, Jack Carter. Let's get back to your problem. I don't have a problem. I'm happy to see you. No, no. I mean- Doing theaters is where it's at. Do you have? I don't ever see. I've done a couple. The my only issue is like for me, it's best if I get into one mind thing and I feel comfortable and it feels intimate. Okay, and, I, I understand going I'm right, sorry. and then sometimes like if I if I perceive that they're not if I'm not hitting where I want to hit, then I'll overcompensate. When it's a theater, there's no fucking end to that, to the ability to to overcompensate. You got all that space to oh. to <laughs> to get big and run around. Yeah, well, you don't have to run around. No, I want to sit down. I want to lie down. <laughs> really? I get emails from you. You're all over the place. You're killing. Well, you no. Me articles. Let me, let me get this. What? There's one thing. I I was a patron to this artist, and Larry David was too. Art uh, called Nicholas Totola yeah. for 35 years. A painter? He's an artist. A painter uh, can imply yeah. house painting. No, art. A pa- like yeah, a painter. Right. Yeah. You're a pa- an art. Okay. Yeah, painter. I go, all right. No, I'm saying you're right. You're yeah. right, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I I, I, find, I came up with an idea yeah. so I can show people off this guy basically, yeah. and it's an art book. And uh, but with my uh, he, he, I don't mean to be grandiose, but Edgar Allan Poe and Manet uh, did a book similar. I didn't know we didn't co- so for the Edgar Allan Poe family. Oh really? Like he would do a poem and then Manet illustrator. Of some kind? You know, I don't I, can know. I be illiterate I on know. this show in front of you? You're an intellectual. I, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm short on words. I use words in, 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 improperly. Me too. I don't know. I don't know what the plural of squash is. Like Squy. No, is it? Yes. Is it squashes? What the fuck is, is that? That's the fucking limo driver. Am I here? Am I here? <laughs> uh, you know who the last two people, two people I talked to on that phone? Mick Jack and Keith Richards. That's great. They called this phone. They didn't. I don't even know who they were calling, but they called this and, phone on ha- purpose to well, talk to me. Well, that's beautiful. They're on tour. That. Yeah, they're touring. They're doing the North America right. tour. Started already? No, it starts in San Diego. I yeah, think. yeah, but they just caught, I got somehow I got hooked up with ten minute interviews with two of them, with the both of them. Fantastic! It was incredible. Which which leads me to ask you when you were talking oh. about not nervously but with anxiety about theaters. Yeah, on a on a commercial headspace. Yeah, you're so you've done so much in the last eight or nine years to get such a, a an intense rabid following. Yeah. That just from my own experience, a, a theater would to me would be a piece of cake for you to sell out fast. 
Well, I did, just, I did okay in some cities, you know. You and know, I, and it varies. I, and I, yeah, and I'm excited to do it. I'm not saying I'm not excited, but, I, you know, I'm just sort of yeah. like, I don't, look, even. Yeah, it's okay to be, you don't have, are you are you beating yourself up? A little, I'm afraid, well? I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint him. I don't want to disappoint anybody. No, that's the way we should feel. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because it's a larger group of people? I don't know. It's what kind a, of theory is this? It's a, it's a daily theory. What if someone was dying and you went to the hospital? Yeah. Would you care as much about that person? If they wanted to see you and you did like an hour, no, what, is this no. all based on? on yes, um, that's how I see everybody in the room. That they, it's only a matter of time <laughs> <laughs> for everyone in the theater. They're all dying, Richard. <laughs> We're all dying. And that's how I look at it. How can I help these you know dying what? people? I'd be honored, even though I started the thing. We're in the writers' room now. Use it on the IFC show. <laughs> And then let me come in and die in the seat. You, uh, you want to do it? Lewis? Yeah, and then I dropped dead. We we would we would definitely have you on, but we thought you were like you know your dad, the other guy. You did you Who, do the other Herb? show? Yeah, you're like the, that's that. That's done. Now I'm doing a show called Blunt Talk. I know that sounds like a hell of a show. It's unbelievable. What I, is the born, angle? The angle is uh, Sir, Walt, Sir Patrick Stewart plays yeah. this progressive British guy who has a you know like a crazy progressive talk show yeah like the opposite of that whack you know what's his name on on the fox he play, he's a it's a, what's a the, progressive british guy comes over as an hour talk show it's based on the kind on the british guy that was on cnn for a while right he, well what the hell i don't know that guy's yeah but that's what it would be like but this guy is a, a coke addict oh a womanizer yeah and and i'm uh and and he has a butler uh, adrian scarborough is a great character Re really hilarious and, yeah uh, and Jackie uh, Weaver, who won an Oscar nomination yeah. for Silver Linings. The cast is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I play, I guess what goes around comes around. It's like a punchline there. Yeah. But I played the psychiatrist. That's kind of brilliant casting. Well, how do you figure, man? Yeah, I mean, because like it's a nice turn for you. It's a big turn for it me. It forces you to realize maybe you've, you've made some progress. <laughs> Don't judge me like that. What are you talking about? You, talk, I, you felt I, it was like I was really high, and you turned it. You morphed into like a high school principal or a guidance counselor. You're making progress, Dick. Really? Don't call me fucking Dick. People, God, my guidance counselor. I, I, call me I, Dick. I, I, most people would take that as a compliment. Would you? <laughs> I don't know. You know I, I know it's uh, no one. I read that really. I thought was very exciting. What? Because this podcast now. De ghosts do podcasts now. You know, you you sort oh, of. Was that true? Yeah. Ghosts. You, you think you're. <laughs> they call in the questions from another room. Yeah. And they play the way. <laughs> oh. It's a guy with a Ouija board. What kind board. of book do you have? Go, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I read and it was great and I heard it. Yeah. And I love the guy. Which uh, guy? They said in your. I just doing some Google searching just for briefly. Getting up to shit. speed. No, no, I know what you do. I'm just uh, saying I wanted to talk about podcasts because yeah. I was, I've done a few of them, but only a few. Yeah. And it said that uh, allegedly or historically, Mark Maron's podcast yeah. with Louis C.K. Yeah. is considered the best. But no, no, the, the greatest <laughs> podcast in the history of the medium. Yeah. All and 10 went, years. <laughs> no, no, but that's pretty impressive. Like it's a time capsule. Yeah. I just saw these guys landing on Mars with, and I put the Mark Marin Louis C.K. <laughs> podcast here on Uranus. Yeah, <laughs> it's in. It's I know. Congratulations! Yeah. Yeah, it's going up in spaceships in case they need aliens. <laughs> they want a good example. Well, of a, how could it be any emotionally disturbed the friendship? Can't get much better than that. So no, it was very nice. It was. So I, uh, what was it? See, it was just a few months ago. It was oh, was a, it that? It was a few months ago. It was voted the best podcast of all time by Slate. It was no. It's very. I'm. I'm thrilled. At least it wasn't like a Klansman. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. You should be. 
I'm trying to feel good. No, I, I was bringing in. I wasn't being sarcastic. That's pretty fucking impressive. But how hard is it for you to feel good? Seriously, do you feel good lately? Now it has to do. It's a function of age, and uh, right now, to to be look. I don't preach about this shit. I mean, it's like going on stage and saying, you know, if, if, if I'm a Democrat, I'm a progressive, or yeah. I'm a right. You lose half the audience, if not more, immediately. Right. If now, if you have your people there, they know what to expect, so they sure. know where I'm at. But. Uh, when I talk about my sobriety, it's so few people are sober yeah. that they ah oh, fuck this. I don't want to hear about this shit. It's or they're monumental. Sl- they're slamming yeah. fucking shit in their arms. So I don't talk about it, but you, you asked me guys, the question. You got, you got guys slamming shit in their arm in your audience now? At, they this, have at only this point? The, the seats that you can get on online. <laughs> Some old dopers. But old dopers, who I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I understand their problem. So they're you're like, saying you think you've judged uh, negatively because you're sober sometimes? Well, because so few people... Yeah, they who think need, it, when who you need they, right, who need it. Right, who are, they take it as a personal yeah, forget offense. Forget heroin. I mean, you're doing heroin, then you got you know, yeah, it's you're in. You're, it's over. You're in the <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, grave. Yeah. It's Good just luck. a matter of when. Good you luck. Know? Yeah, look at the farmer's almanac. You die March third, <laughs> and it's going to be 19 degrees <laughs> in, uh, in the Antarctic. Hard to kick that shit for anybody. Yeah, it's hard to. Kick I got chocolate. like a look. I, yeah, I I had some this morning. I'm up. Oh, I shoot so, mine though. You but then shoot, you crash though. <laughs> you think I stole your notes? I don't. I'm ethical. I, I shoot my chocolate. I shoot chocolate. <laughs> Just slamming chocolate. And if Weird, you really right? were a true narcissist, you'd be slamming up. You would make liquid out of your jokes and, no, and, 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 and snort them, freeze snort them, your cook fucking them, own cook material. my own jokes. If cook you snorted your own material and got an erection, that would yeah. really be the end. Yeah, that's that's my evening generally. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to your tapes and jerk <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, so this is me no, again. My wife leaves no, early for the meeting tonight. I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. But see, I don't. Pr- I don't. I don't want to talk about my fuck. I've, it, Dude, I talk years. about it. Like I got. I'm just over 15. Yeah, I'm coming up on 16. Of sobriety. Oh, yeah. I was talking about notes, but that's great. Congratulations. Right, but it's a great thing, and like it's you know, unbelievable. I, if I, I you don't, need it. If right. you need it, it's a great thing. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, you know, preach program or anything like no, that. I but know. I talk about my sobriety all the time, and I tell you, I get I a lot of mail, a lot of email, yeah. people thanking me, people asking me what they do, what yeah, do they I mean, do. Both of us. And they, yeah, and I'll and I'll always answer it. The hand has to be there all the time. Right, it's true. So, so, so I do were, it. The hands were there for us. Right. So you know I'm I'm you know I'm very it's it's delicate but because I was on what was on I was on Chris Hayes the other night right and he wanted to talk about podcasts whatever but then he brings up this article about AA and and it oh was, that one on that new one that right just and came the out? Atlantic right yeah, they please. write one of those every five years right yeah, of but he sort of it wasn't that he sandbagged me with it but you know it's very delicate you know when you you're in the thing about, yeah, yeah. yeah so I said look I'm not a representative no right we're not. work for me. But I don't I don't represent the organization or right. anything. It's a solo trip, man. Exactly. So whatever you got to do, however you get sober is fine. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. But don't slam things that help. That, that was, my oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. A, it and was that's a why I said. That's article. why I said to Hayes. I said, you know who writes things like that? People who don't understand. Or drunk. Don't understand the bug. Or oh, right, that's true. Could be a guy that that that's Just got can't it. Look in the mirror. Right. That's how you know. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know. So sobriety, the new show. Yeah, the, the series book. is great because it's for two years already. They That's great. So you're years. working, and I'm working for my old friend and I, Chris Albrecht again, who I did most of oh my, my God. With Curb and all my series. Oh, but my how far specials. back you go back to the improv with him? We were comics in 1971. Isn't that something? And he was a com- he had a team with Bob Samuda. It was right, right at the old improv, the original improv. The, then, but we would find, but yeah, but we weren't going Before on. That, you know, right. it was like you know Klein and Dangerfield and Brenner and Pryor. So you know, we had to find like I played a health club. That was a good gig. right. 
you know, in yeah. the middle of a health club. And they had all those gigs down the village. Were you telling yeah, me about those? We right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Folk yeah. City was yeah, where yeah. Dylan and all those guys played. That was, it was very surreal back then because there weren't that many comics. Yeah, there was no comedy clubs. The gigs no, were usually no opening for singers. Yeah. If you got the big if gig. If you got the gig. Right. If you got the gig. It was all about... Uh, Getting uh, the same shit together for, the, you know, you had to, you had to get clean three or four monologues back to back to back to back for the yeah. Tonight Show right. producers because I had to know that you could come on three or four times. Right, and you know, so you had to do the same stuff. It would be, it would be just well, look, I mean, I'm an old guy now, but I mean, can you imagine having to do the same thirty fucking minutes? Yeah. But that's why I stopped doing specials after a while because I couldn't take it anymore. I was, my head was going to fucking burst. What just constantly? Because they want you do to. It over they want to see what you're doing. Yeah. They, uh, they wanted the directors need to know where you. I said, you know what? Can't do I don't it. need any. I did Carnegie Hall in '89, and I said, if I do that, do I don't have to do the same material for anything anymore? You I know? think that's what I want to do. I just want to do that once, Carnegie Hall. Oh, you should, and you will. Just want to do it once, and I can stop. No, you can't. I, because you know what? Listen to this. I, I, I tried to be. I was sober. I had like one drink of wine that day. Yeah. It was a great night. Yeah. And I had used to bring. Here's the deal. Yeah. I used to bring. This shit pours out of me. I'm yeah. not saying it's all good, but I had notes. So let's say I would do Caroline three yeah. times a year in New York. Right. Down I the would, seaport. Or yeah. The one no, downtown. You, you know, downtown. Yeah, the dinner club. Yeah, I would yeah. do it three times a year. Yeah. And I would make it a point to do a different hour and a half every time. Yeah. So all of a sudden, after one year at Caroline's, because I had legal pads. Yeah. Like on Carnegie Hall, I had a big piano. I had like at least 10 hours of material. Just that my, you know, I mean, I had the stuff, but then some agent. I've had hundred thousand agents and managers. No more managers. I've had it with that shit. Yeah. I don't want to wait for them looking out for my life when they're, you know, right. getting they a blowjob in yeah. Rome. When I you come to the show, what happened? Yeah, well, they're I, following I, around their young client, the new guy. Yeah, <laughs> the hundred thousand dollar a week. Yeah, yeah, what's that the show guy. called? Space Gods. <laughs> so yeah, what? A, yeah, but. <laughs> but I, I just want to know how my ticket sales are in yeah, Tulsa. Right. No, I, you know, his toilet didn't work. Uh, Vinnie Crowman's toilet didn't work. And he's getting 100 They follow the money, man, you know. Oh, yeah, they do. They don't give They a follow f- the money and pretend to be your friend. Would you? Do you work with management? I do. Good for you. If it's, it's working, obviously. Well, you know, it's like I, it took me a long time you to understand. You better be careful. I don't want to fuck up the relationship. I had oh, no, no, management it took, me, it took me a long time to understand that they weren't necessarily my friends, that it was a working relationship, and that they weren't necessarily going to do a lot for me. But I was with a big guy for a while, and then I left, and, and the person I'm with now is pretty great. You know, right. she's actually you know helpful. And she and, gets and you, man. She gets doesn't me. want yeah, to put yeah, you on the wall. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, the old thing for me was, and I, you know, I really enjoy acting, and, 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 and like, and this blunt, uh, blunt talk show yeah i'm really playing a freudian therapist who's twisted right so i'm really twisted how this is jonathan no, no. ames right he wrote this jonathan ames yeah he's, wow. a, he's something huh he is a fucking brilliant twisted great yeah. writer man yeah. I, i'm proud i mean the words are like i mean going from curb where you make everything up you don't really miss that on this show because he's really quite a solid writer. oh man you yeah. would love it I yeah mean, i'm excited writer. to see it yeah but uh so Carnegie Hall, so you have one glass of yeah, wine. And yeah, yeah, I know. But then uh, everybody's, I was in, a, you know, I was about five years away from bottoming out yeah. on crystal meth at that point. So wasn't doing crystal then, but I had 300 people that had like a little party room out in the basement. What basement? Not yeah. in the basement. It's Carnegie yeah, Hall. Yeah, it's in the den. Sylvie, <laughs> get out of the, stop eating the carpet. The den. No. The den at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, it's in a little porch. The, the game with room. With the jealousy windows. Yeah, yeah. 
They had a fucking, uh, they had a little room for a party. Right, right you know? sure, yeah. So, so the truth is, I did about uh, about an hour, 45 minutes, no opening act. And uh, as I'm walking to the elevator, I couldn't wait to get a drink. Yeah. In fact, Elton John once said that the only reason I wanted to finish the show was to get drunk. Uh, wow, it's cool. I mean, I you know, and yeah. it, subconsciously, I probably felt that way. I can't it's wait. Yeah, when I hear people say that about, about that, or they only they only do it to get laid. The only time reason oh, I do shows is to to receive love that I will reject. You check because you don't want it, You don't believe you deserve it. Yeah, Still, no, no. I, I, I'm I'm getting better at accepting it. I yeah. can receive it. I'm okay, man. I'm okay. Well, I'm not once angry. you realize that you're doing, you become an authentic voice of your generation. What will it take to smack you around? It's done. I'm smacked. By who? By all of it. I, I've, I've, I thought you, you know, I'm so narcissistic. I thought you were going to credit me for the yeah. smack. No, you just smacked me. You gave me a second smack just then. You're right. <laughs> but no, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I feel like I'm funny. I'm, I'm in my own skin. I'm, I'm all right. But some know. people feel that you're crippled emotionally in terms of accepting your, yeah, all your blessings. Yeah, yeah no, they I am. Say, they say that. No, I and know. it comes out on your act too. No, I, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, gr- gratitude deficient. That's perfect. And, uh, you know, I have to be like, but I had to learn how to be, you know, empathetic. I had to learn how to listen. There's a lot of things you got to learn as a selfish fuck. And, and, and you have, you have the What'd equipment. You say? <laughs> that was Bud Abbott, ladies and gentlemen, before he had, he shot up a martini at the polo lounge. <laughs> but, I, but it's, it's yeah, happening. It, I'm, I'm growing up, you know, maybe someday I'll master the relationship thing, but everything else is fine. Yeah, that's so right. You the do relationship. an hour, hour and 45. Yeah, do Carnegie an hour and 45. Hall. Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Get off, you want to get drunk. I'll, I'll go to the elevator. I want to go to my dressing room. Mm. And, um, and crazily at the time, I didn't ask, and it should have been done for me. They didn't put it on the board, so I have no tape of the fucking show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh shit. That's really uh, that, that. You know. Yeah. So, but uh, it was good though. I got a standing ovation. So I go back, and the manager runs after me, and he says, "And then it was cool." He says, "You got to go back." I went, "Hey, I mean, I had never done a show that long, and, and you know." Yeah. So I go back. I do another fifteen because I had. A whole decade of jokes, literally. I mean, right. I had thousands. So I would, but I knew these things to put yeah. those yellow pages out there. It would take me months to get like a five or ten of these because yeah, they were yeah. all new. And I and I laugh when I came up with. It. I wrote it down. And, you know, so if I looked down and saw a circus, I could pop my head up and do fifteen minutes on it. I had at least my eyes had to see it. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Right, right yeah. So I did it. Walked off. The manager got me again. You got to go back. I went back another time. Third time, Carnegie Hall. Third of three standing ovations. Then I said to him, "I'm out. I'm I, I you know, leave him wanting more. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I felt I was, you yeah. Know. So I go upstairs and I had all hundreds of gifts, all champagne. Oh, and I got fucking hammered. Yeah. And I went down to the den. Yeah. The, the porch the party and all, a whole lifetime of people were there from kindergarten to for showbiz people yeah and i was a total fucking mess <laughs> just staggering around <laughs> so, like poor dean martin and D- yeah. towards the end you yeah, know yeah i i couldn't i was blinded yeah. by the booze are you mad are you you sad about that now yeah i well no okay because the show was the thing right <laughs> and i was still an active drunk <laughs> right yeah you know yeah, yeah. so but it, you know so what, how do you approach playing a Freudian therapist? I mean, what's the angle? What, what, well, the angle is just that it's a you know 
Hollywood doctors and you know do anything to uh, you know to help their clients. So yeah. I'm the uh, network shrink. Okay. Just like hotels. So they brought you in. You're a fixer. I'm a fixer. Yeah. yeah give but him some pills. Brilliant. But he's bright though. Well, yeah. I mean, if the script calls for things that might sound unethical, I, he might do it. Right. But he's you know all therapists are. I've always had this thing with doctors. Yeah. That they were projecting. If I would tell them things. Yeah. One, I always thought immediately whether they were alone or straight, gay, married, or whatever. That night, so Richard Lewis, you know, the neurotic fucking... Let me tell you what he dreamt of. A camel with yeah. a rabbi jerking off <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. during Passover, <laughs> and he had a, a, a waterbed made of matzahs, and then he woke up screaming, ah, what are you going to get? What's the specials here? Right. That they're going <laughs> to use celebrities to get laughs. Do you think they do? Yes, but worse than that, I think... That they let's say they're, let's say they're not fucking right. Okay. Yeah. And let's say in a relationship, it's you know the lust factor is you know nothing is better than that anyway, as we all yeah. probably discussed. Uh, they say you know you don't have to have intercourse, man. They don't they don't say it like Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, man. Hey, dig it, man. You don't <laughs> have to fuck. You don't have to put your penis in. Yeah. You can leave it. You can leave it there. You yeah. can even be flaccid, man. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. Just kiss her. Yeah. Tell her you love her. Yeah, baby. I said, no. And I said, then I would tell her, no, no, here's what I like. Yeah, you know, sure. See someone for the first time up yeah. at the back of the restaurant in the alleyway. Yeah. And they no, and, and and it's no amends needed. They We both want right. to fuck hard and right. leave. Yeah. You tell her that. Yeah. But she'll say, no, that's not intimacy. Yeah. I go, hey, who's looking for intimacy? I yeah. want to come yeah. really in a big Bad. way, man. Yeah. yeah. And, she's, and she says, well, you can, you can do that with your wife, but I would say- and my wife and I have a good relationship, yeah. and sexually too, but we've both been around, sure. and we also, that's the secret to my life now. My yeah. wife is, I got married at 57. Yeah. So that's a different route, and you, you know, I mean. I'm almost there. You were never married before. No, I didn't, so I did all the drugging and yeah. the, the, the womanizing. Without doing it behind someone's back. Good for you. Yeah, no, it was a, <laughs> no, I cheated on, not on my wife, but yeah. everybody else. Sure. Everybody else. Yeah. And uh, I was just, you know, just my cross addiction was that too. Sure. But you're saying that you think that these celebrity shrinks, they, they, they use... might, yeah, not, the, I, I think the one I have, I play Dr. Weiss. I got to tell you a trippy thing, man. What? I had a best friend who died who was a rock and roll star at Ohio, the Ohio State University back oh. in the 60s when I went. Yeah. 66 to 70. I stayed there as long as I can. Yeah. It was a whole other deal. I told my father, do you know who Kurosawa is and Truffaut? I want to stay here and get a master's and send him a time. You come home! <laughs> when I said Kurosawa and Truffaut, to <laughs> a kosher caterer. Because <laughs> I could have gotten a master's because he was paying for my bills. That's I was it. I was a you upper work. middle class son. You're rolling I, meat. But I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roll the You're making the fruit salad with the Russian immigrants <laughs> with your hands. <laughs> and chanting Gregorian chants. Yeah. You're coming in. Yeah. Kurosawa who... Yeah, I, roll some turkey up and make it nice on the platter. You mean Phil Kurosawa, the gardener? <laughs> no, no, no. This is a genius, Dad. <laughs> Poor guy didn't understand it, but I, I knew he was desperate. So Kenny Weiss yeah. was my best friend, and he, he was a rock and roll star in Columbus, and, and he, he was with the James Gang for a while. Yeah, but, uh, With things, Joe Walsh. 
briefly, but yeah. things didn't work out on on the big. He had a kid, and he was yeah. only nineteen, and mm. it's tough, man. Yeah. So he couldn't make the trip out to Hollywood and do that thing. But yeah. it wasn't. You couldn't blame that. You can't blame anybody for anything. You just do what you want to do. He yeah. could have still worked out with his son, who's a cool kid and great. He has great two great kids, but he's gone. Yeah. And uh, and I he meant he taught me rock and roll. You know, we just line up. He would say back in you got to imagine back in '66. He said. You ever hear this guy Rod Stewart? Oh man, <laughs> Procol Harum and yeah. and all these all these cla- it was he classic. Was the guy. He, he was the, my guy. Yeah, and I. Uh, but he became, he was a real, real. He read everything. He was a real intellectual. He said, "You got to read the White Room, man. You got to read everything by. The, <laughs> you had to read the Ginger Man. You got to read this. You got to read Frederick Exley. You got to. You know, he was a, he was my guy. Yeah, my intellectual touchstone yeah. and my rock and roll touchstone because right. he was the star in Columbus when he didn't go big time. Right. So, but he once he really had to make a living, he changed and became a psychologist. He was Doctor Weiss. Uh huh. So when I got the audition sides, they call you know the, the you know the audition pages. Yeah. It said Doctor Weiss, Holy and I shit. was hit like a fucking. I mean, a spiritual hit like because yeah. I was a really good friend to him before yeah. he passed away, and uh, and I said you know sounds like a lifetime movie. I went Kenny. You give him something, you, you're helping me. Yeah. He said, no, you're just, you're in. Yeah. I, I was having this little fucking conversation. And he had a lot of, you know, you know, I don't know when you start. When did you start going on stage? There's a point I want to make. Uh, I think How old I was you? 19. Yeah. See, in my time, I had to graduate, graduate college, all these part-time jobs, going to get fed up with fucking life, feel yeah. hopeless, right. and then find your answer through comedy and then right. ultimately drugs and, and sex. Yeah. And, as long as that lasts. But um, so- he told me uh, Weiss had all these bands, and that's why a lot of our friends, like you were talking about, you know, Keith called you yeah. and Wood, because they had bands at ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like yeah. we're listening. I'm in college, and I'm friends with a lot of these guys who yeah. are already legends. Right. Right. You know, I mean, Ringo. If yeah. it wasn't for Ringo, I wouldn't have met my wife. Really? It's trippy. Really? All this shit trips me out. Yeah. But I'm not being grandiose. It's just a surreal shit. But anyway, so I may just finish. So. Um, he Kenny uh, Kenny Weiss from Columbus had this band Tristram Shandy, which was a novel in the 18th century, I think. Yeah. In, in, and he loved the book. It was a volume, like, yeah. a lot of volumes. And I never read it. So I get to uh, the set and I look and I meet the director, the first and a producer of the show, of Blunt Talk. Yeah. His name is Tristram. Tristram, same spelling. Really? And I went, whoa. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck is right yeah. times a thousand. So I said, this is it. And then when I uh, I found out that they, you know, when I read it, it was almost a done deal. They, you know, I just nailed it. Um, and I just, and so when I go on stage, I mean on stage, on the set, and they hear action, I'm so fucking calm, man. Yeah. I just feel him cursing through my veins, Kenny. And he let, you know, I actually asked Jonathan Ames, who's really an extraordinary cat. I said, you think it could be Dr. Kenny Weiss? And he says, well, they were trying to clear the name. I don't know how you clear names. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter because you don't, you don't have first names all the time. Did they clear it? No, they oh. couldn't clear it. Oh, but yeah. I've never used the name, whatever. But in your mind? My, well, I'm Dr. Weiss. That's plenty. And his kids know about it and his widow. Yeah. And they're tripping on this, man. It's a hell of a story. So you use him as a, like a template? Do you use the- Yeah, he was a real eccentric genius. And uh, he, he, and he, you know, I knew him in our rock and roll days too. Yeah, and he so, knew him all through. What he got sick? Yeah, he had a lot of health problems, uh, and he died real young in his fifties, late fifties. Well, that's a hell of a tribute, hell of a bit of uh, coincidences. Yeah, I think so, right? Man. Yeah, 
I think. But I want to just segue into. I was talking about the notes in Carnegie yeah. Hall. I, I, you know, I, what, like my 18th manager. I only had him for two days because he said one thing to me. I don't even know what it was. Two days. That was my record. Yeah. yeah. I had because you know, I'm a people pleaser because I got so abused emotionally that even if manage, even if a doctor gives me a bad fucking diagnosis and I go to get another doctor. I'll say, and the doctor said, well, come back. I'll go, well, why am I going back to a doctor who wanted to rip my shoulder out right. for a torn rotator? Right. Another you don't guy want to hurt feelings. That's exactly right. Yeah. But when it gets into the fucking health area where it is with me recently, yeah. I don't want to go to the back to this doctor anymore. So I have his trainer because I have torn this bad back. He says, yeah. what are you fucking going back to that guy? Yeah. Hey, he's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> I've been with him a long time. <laughs> Yeah, but he gave you a bad, uh, bad fucking diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prog- even the prognosis sucked. Right. Well, there's one mistake. You make one mistake. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the guy's been great. Ridiculous. Yeah, no, but so- Fear of change, too. Yeah, so this guy was talking to fear of change. So this manager I had for two days, I forget what he said. I said, that's it. Yeah. Over. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> 48 hours. Yeah. Gave him enough time to drive home, tell his wife I just signed Richard Lewis. Saw him the next day. <laughs> drove home and told You fired. Yeah. He said something that was so brutally wrong and yeah. stupid. Ugh. You know, yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Must have been. It was unbearable. Can't remember it, though. That's good. I can't. That's good. I, I, blo- I almost had like a blackout. It's traumatic. It's post traumatic stress. I had stress a blackout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> post traumatic <laughs> management syndrome. P S P T M S. Yeah. Want to do a benefit? For for acts that aren't are struggling because of their bad management, isn't that wow, most we, of show we would business? Sell out that fucking huh? Is that most of show business? It is. <laughs> Every night at the comedy. Well, store. that's why you can't blame anyone but yourself if you're with uh, people that aren't doing the right thing for. You. Get out of it. It's like a relationship. Oh, Get the fuck there. out of it. You're doing it all yourself, anyways. They're waiting to take credit for it. Yeah, and well, some, but move. some appreciate people, their clients. I've had some people that, but then after a while, if they're as you said, if they have some new chick who's and also a sometimes woman, if you, if you, woman, I meant if you don't do, uh, you know, if, if a lot of times, what I realized with my managers, like we had a lot of shots and it didn't work, and you know he didn't want to fire me, I didn't want to fire him. It's like a, it's like a relationship, you know, you, you, it's sort of like you don't know what to do anymore, but you don't have the guts to say like it's over. But you think and you're making a mistake there. too, right? Yeah, because like then what am I going to do? I'm going to be out there without anybody. Right. But it, it, it all worked out. He's a huge guy, and, and we're friends. You know, yeah, they're not the parents we never had. That's right, and it's really easy to mistake them for that. Oh, fucking a, yeah. And you know, you go, so anyway, long story short, he said to me, the manager for two forty eight hours. Yeah, I, I wish I can remember. I'll probably remember driving back with the mental case. <laughs> And don't fire him. He's him. a lot of fun. Okay. You got t- You should do a show. Just tape just this with fucking him? guy. <laughs> okay. It's unbearable. <laughs> and it's that's funny. The, that's the name of the show. Unbearable. Unbearable driver. With Talbot the dri- limo driver. <laughs> and he had a... No, he says he was almost going to park and get a globe out of the fucking trunk. <laughs> yeah. And he always says, I'm, why, are you get, why are you getting a globe? I'm a professional. A professional. I said, that's the boot of Italy, you fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway, so let me right just... Right around here. Drive, yeah, so... Yeah. So this guy said, Richard, why don't you try doing stand-up the traditional way? And I immediately fought back. I said, what do you mean? Don't bring any notes on stage. I said, wait a minute. This was like a thing that was important to me because it changed my life on stage. Yeah. He said, I said, why? It hasn't stopped me. This is years after Carnegie Hall and all the specials. I brought notes on. He said, because people will think it's a work in progress. And then it hit me like a fucking bolt. I went, it is a work in progress. But I can't remember the way I free associate like you do yeah. too. You know, it's like I bring shit up there. I don't oh, always yeah. look at it though. Oh, you do bring? Where do you put it? I put it on a music stand sometimes. Oh, you do. Or sometimes I well, throw he, it on the floor. Well, 
that's cool. I mean, I did it up until about eight or 10 years ago. And he says, and I said, you know what, is a work in progress. And you're playing like, I was doing it in Vegas. I said, yeah, people don't, they just want to see you do that. I said, yeah, yeah. but I can't, I, I can't remember this shit. And isn't that a cool thing that I'm trying, that's what it was. I said, I think this is a good thing to fans. Yeah. This is right out of the fucking gate. Yeah. I'm fearless, man. Right. But just by looking down for one second, he thought that he eradicated that theory. Huh. And I bought it. And here's the bottom line is this. I am tortured now on stage. I ad-lib half the show. I spend 3,000 more hours. 3,000, hyperbole. I used to have my notes. Yeah. And that would be like four hours of stuff if I turned it around. Yeah. I said, I'm stuck. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cool for this whole tour. Yes, yeah. and I would make a copy of the sheet and just have that one sheet. I know I do that too. But, but now, I, yeah, but I don't have the sheet now. Now I just have my computer and I have to put it in categories. I'm in my hotel going over like, all right, uh, low self-esteem, uh, marriage, uh, you know, my, you know, health. You don't, bring, you don't bring anything up there? Nothing. I haven't for 10 years and my performance level, level skyrocketed. Yeah. Because for television, for seven minutes when you consider doing- well, I can do that. I don't need a pad for that. But sometimes I bring- No, no, but I'm saying you just figure out what you want to talk about. You yeah, talk three right. minutes, I talk three. Hey, thanks very much. You're going to be at the Hammond. Yeah. And, and in your case, you're going to be at 300 theaters in a row. You nervous? Yeah. You nervous? nervous? What if they say Scared. that? Huh? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not a three. I know. I, I just, I get hyperbole. Uh, no, no. <laughs> scared is not hyperbole for you. That's just warming up. I feel good. Not, I didn't mean scared. I mean, I, I think I have to. Uh, you, you know, it's something I have to do. I have to diminish the joy. Listen, I relate. That's why I always it's dug it's you. I mean, I, preparation you know. is diminishing the joy. And and uh, and sitting in the possibility of like, oh, I don't know. Listen, take this. I, I don't mean to sound grandiose any which way, and this is only because I'm I'm praising you, and and it seems like it's a. I could stop now and not press send, but sure. I want to. I so identify with you, and you have an auth totally authentic voice, and I love talking about you and hearing people talk about you. Oh, thanks. But when I saw you initially, yeah. yeah. If you know the last scene of Rosemary's Baby? Yeah. And this is only a one What's wrong with thing. its eyes? That's no. Oh. That I saw, like, because I never had a child. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like this would have been the greatest son. <laughs> and, unfortunately, you yeah. would have been fucking reamed. Oh. And it was just after seeing one little yeah. bit. Yeah. I went, so you would be half a sheep, yeah. a little bit of me, a little bit of your head. Yeah. Not that you took from me. <laughs> yeah. It's just that you yeah. reminded me of yeah. all the fucking pain. And as it turns out, our lives are pretty similar in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you're a fucking joy for me to watch. I mean, you're oh, your good. own man, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But when I first saw you, sure, you're right, I said, yeah. there's my son I never had. Yeah, Because well, if I fucked somebody at Woodstock, you could <laughs> yeah, have been that my son. Been, I would have been the guy. Yeah, you would have been the kid. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, obviously we're, you know, in the no, same that's wheelhouse. A, I'm yeah. not even, it's, it sounds like that's that's half-assed praise it, it's meant to be no, that no, i think you just i appreciate it I, but are you sure you can garner from yes, that all yes, gold it's nothing yes. like hey come on no babe. nothing nothing all right nothing. cool i was you a huge I, yeah absolutely all right well. yeah huge fan of yours and i definitely related to you all my life so you know i mean well, you were my son you had no choice <laughs> <laughs> and I had, to, I had to take you to that clinic, you know, yeah, in England yeah, yeah. to take the sheep. You, you, you want to see head. if I'm really? Yeah, I'd be, it'd be a relief. <laughs> I was real. It turns out I'm Richard Lewis's kid. That explains everything. <laughs> Imagine that. That would be a horror. Oh, it would have been amazing. No, you had your. You know, you just came. Listen, you know, people come from certain trees. I came from certain trees. Yeah. I, you know, I, and I was blown away by the free associating of Pryor and and Bruce, and uh, you know. 
you know, Bruce had a overwhel- uh, you know, a mother and lived in Brooklyn. The, the mother was just overbearing. Yeah. And, and Woody, the same thing. And it's yeah. like, you know, you get, you know, you come from a certain place. Yeah. You know, Shelley Berman was real emotional. These, I mean, these were giants, and you hear, hear some of their stuff. Yeah. So there's some people that seem to like, like, like you know, they're too numerous to mention. But guys like Stephen Wright seem to have grown their own tree in the middle of a fucking desert. Yeah, they have a, a certain control over it. You know, there's a, you know, that need to like connect and 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 be in What's the th- moment and shit. That, what are we you talking know, about? Us. Oh, us. Yeah. yeah. We're, oh, yeah. We have to. Like, you know, those guys like Stephen Wright, they like they manage their time better. But I mean, I don't know where he came from. I know where we I came from. Yeah, I don't know where that. But I don't a... care. We have to both. I mean, there's others, of course. But you've been doing it, you know, because you you're really like in that fucking mode now. You know, I mean, I compelled, compelled to. No matter, even if I have two or three months off, like I'll be in New York in May for this book, you yeah. know, for the Reflections from Hell, and uh, I'll be, I always pop into Carolines or I'm in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, in May too. And I'm just happy Chicago I have book. an open heart I'm just, about I'm, it. I know it's not, uh, no, I'm just saying, yeah. even if I haven't, put, I'm not sure. on that cut Why not road just tour get up right there. now. Yeah, no, I'm going to go to Zanies for yeah. six nights and I'll go to Carolines. So I'm not thinking about it. I'm not on that, that theater tour right now. Right. Or, you know, sometimes I would mix and match. Some cities, like, you know, I'm not going to sell out a thousand seats in Utah. Yeah, so no, I'm, do, I do, I'm doing clubs. I'm, look, I'm, I think it's all going to go away at any second. So, like, I, uh, and I love doing stand up. Like, I just go, I'll go to the comedy store now. I only go to the comedy store. I won't go anywhere else. The comedy store's turned around again. Dude, it's huge again. Oh, like, really? We, yeah, we made it hip again. I don't know how the hell it happened. Wow. Like, they're selling out the fucking main room. Really? On, on the weekends again. Wow. It's crazy. Young people. Doesn't feel evil. It's bizarre, dude. Wow. Bizarre. So that's all, I, that's all I'll do is I'll go there and I'll work some shit out and I'll do these other things. But um, what about colleges? I mean, I had to stop them alone. Never, never did them. Oh, yeah. When you, start, did them. When you start looking at, at 17-year-olds. It's not, I don't think I'm their bag. No. I have a very specific type of, like a person that comes. I go, like the clubs are always very happy with me because they're grown-ups, they tip well, yeah, yeah, yeah. not animals. I don't know how I, you know, this, at my age, I was able to to pull together a, an audience that's, you know, mature people. Because they, <laughs> they don't go no. out, no one goes out. No, no, that's right, to have them come. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote a joke like 40 years ago yeah. when I was playing colleges because I started at 23, you know, four years after you. So all of a sudden I'm 28, I'm struggling, going, what the fuck, man, what am I doing? Yeah. To use your phrase, I'm yeah. sorry. But I... Uh, so I'm, I, the the best thing I got out of the colleges, which I slowly didn't want to do, it was interesting. Colleges said, I, you know, they're too young. Yeah, exactly. I can't be real. It's true. Because I, I like to just like uh, unpeel the layers on yeah. stage like you. Yeah. So, um, so I wrote, the one thing I came out of that, I said, you know, I'm playing these colleges. This is like a joke I did on a special like 40 years ago. Yeah. Where I wrote, right. I said, you know, I, they don't understand the premises, so I got to change it. So I say, you know, uh, Adlai Stevenson, I mean Madonna. I mean Madonna. <laughs> And that was it for me. And I'm walking away. I'm walking away. <laughs> you know, I had to walk away from colleges. All right, so this is good. We're good. Yeah, it's all good. So we got you got the book, which is cute and nice and uh, beautiful. Yeah, and you the got artists the, and, called to totally. It's a really, it's a cool little book. And the and the and TV blunt, show, Blunt Talk on Stars, starting this summer for two. Years. I love the Albright stuff because he was at HBO. Yeah, and he started he was, as a doorman at the Improv. Doorman, then a comic, manager, comedy would. Bob Samuda, agent, and then he was with HBO should, forever. He's, him. A, he's a brilliant executive. I mean, he just picks people, and he lets you alone. That's what he did with HBO. Well, I'm looking forward Curb to seeing and, you do the thing. Yeah, Blunt yeah. Talk is. I think you know. I'm talking about a show. I'm a recurring yeah. shrink in. The homage to Dr. Weiss. That's right, my and, and this friend. box set. What is the box set? 
Oh, I when have did a that come out? Things that I've it's no a, one sent me that. Why can I have right. that? It's a little documentary of my house that I've been in there twenty five years. This is the bundle of nerves thing. Yeah, I boxed that and I thing I that preempted Saturday Night Live, Diary of a Young Comic back in seventy nine. It's all in there. It's all in there. Yeah, and a movie Drunks that that was never out. I don't even. I saw that movie, didn't I? I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's a heavy movie. Really, you play an addict. Yeah, junkie. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then an old special from the bottom line that never got out on DVD. Really? From what year? From 95, about a year, about six months sober, so I wanted to put it out there. Oh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, when you look at stuff 20 years back, you go, oh, gee, I don't, you know. But you still know it's you. That's always been, like, it took me a long time to realize that. I see stuff before I even knew how to be a comic. I'm like, I was really trying. You know, like, I could see myself there. Well, maybe your performance level, but the jokes are probably still funny to you. Kind of. No? no, just like that, that I can identify my voice because I'm a guy oh, that I always, see. I can oh, always right. start like, you know, I'm not where I need to be. Uh, you know, I don't have a point of view or whatever. And then I look back and I'm like, you're always you. What the fuck were you nah, right, going right. nuts about? You know? But you, you'll you'll change. If something crazy happens to you this afternoon, yeah. it'll be on stage uh, very soon. I talked about pizza for seven minutes last night. I don't know what the hell that was about. Was but do you listen? You have to. Be, I, know I recorded. I recorded. You record, but you, isn't that that was always torture to me? I know. I, never, I don't listen to it. I have. I record them all. I, I oh, you don't. Know, really, I used to listen to everything. Now I don't record either. It's very existential for me now. I can't take it anymore. I, 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 I record. I bring the pad up on stage and I don't look at it. And I record and I don't listen. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an out. That's you can't. We can't top that stupidity. It's great to see you. I love you, man. Richard Lewis, always consistently Richard Lewis, that guy. Uh, and I am not like Richard Lewis. I have my own version of aggravated uh, neurotic bullshit. I just, I think that's clear to everybody. All right? We are kindred spirits. All right, look, go to WTFpod.com for all your WTF pod needs. You know what I'm saying? Check out my tour dates. Uh, the merch, we're going to, I had to shut down the merch or the poster shop for a little while. We're a little backed up. On posters because I've been on tour. If you're waiting for a poster, it'll be there soon. I'm sorry. Uh, also, you know, go get you know get on the mailing list. Get on the mailing list. I'll send you an email every Sunday. But check those tour dates because I, I'm, I'm I might be in a town near you. WTFPod.com/slash/calendar. Right now we are playing probably a a slightly out of tune Telecaster uh, through a hummingbird. That is an Earthquaker hummingbird. And that is also running through a ghost echo. Also an earthquaker device. Mm-hmm.